morning, good morning, good morning. Man, they don't make rock and roll like they used to. Little Leonard Skinner kicking things off for us on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by the good folks over at Mossberg Firearms. I'm Cable Smith. Thank you so much for being here today. It is a pleasure, a treat, an honor to be talking all things hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you guys. So thanks for being here. Um, I've got a good show for you today. And I will tell you all about it momentarily. But uh, we had a little little tragedy up in the mountains last week as uh, we took the kids on their first ever ski trip. I don't think actually they'd ever even been to the mountains at any point in time. And uh, they'd been beating me and Aaron up hard about whether it was hiking or skiing or something. They want they wanted to go to the mountains. So um, we kind of did a, a last-minute trip to Purgatory some great deals um, on lift tickets, and the kids were able to ski free. Um, and they did ski school, and their ski instructors took them on these runs through the trees, which I'm not kidding should have been marked black. I did it, and I was like, "God, that was that was that was rough." Like skiing sideways, it was like um, like when the U.S. bobsled team takes a turn. Like that's how these runs were carved out through the forest. It was nuts, and. Aaron wiped out the first time she went through there. It's like, okay, well, the next couple times she didn't go with the kids and I. And to be frank, I only went because if the kids wiped out, um, an adult like needed to be in there and see what's going on. So the the very last time, Frankie, one of the twins, sails off this this jump into this into the powder, which was like three feet deep. She's stuck. She's crying. And then from the back of the woods, I hear Aaron yelling, "Ah, I fell. I hurt my knee." Long story short, she comes down the mountain in a, on a sled and tore ACL. So it was the last run of the last day. So what a bummer for her and for uh, for the family. To, it was like the perfect vacation, and the kids got to see mule deer and all kinds of wildlife, snow every day. It was truly beautiful. Uh, and then to end it like that, it was just a major bummer. But she's a lot tougher than me, and she hasn't been bitching about it at all. Hurt her knee on Thursday, was back at work on Monday, saw the uh, orthopedic surgeon, and so she will have that ACL repaired sometime here in the next month. I've uh, got to do a little PT first, apparently. So a lot of you guys, I'm sure, have had major knee injuries. I have been blessed and fortunate enough not to, but uh, my better half is going through that crap right now. Anyway, y'all keep Aaron in your prayers. Um, what are we doing today? Well, a very special in-studio guest guy who has killed quite a few big bucks in the North Texas area, specifically one that you might have seen pictures of here in the last couple weeks or even months. Uh, Tarif Alcatib, a Texas state trooper, just arrowed the largest typical buck ever taken in Grayson County. And Grayson County, of course, the land of giants historically producing Boone and Crockett caliber bucks every year. And uh, this one, Stacks up on top of all of those when it comes to typical bucks. So uh, we're going to hear all about this very special, very unique deer. And uh, also uh, some of the other bucks that Tariq has taken in nor the North Texas area over the years. So a uh, diehard bow hunter, uh, much better at that craft than I could ever hope to be. Well, knock on wood, you never know. But um, that's all he does. And he's good at it. So if you're like me, you enjoy learning from those who uh, excel 
at things that we're all passionate about, such as archery. And um, yeah, looking forward to having Tarif join us in studio today. He'll bring the rack of this deer he named, I think he called it Shredder. And we'll, uh, we'll figure out what's up with that nickname as well. But yeah, Tarif will be here. And we're going to go in-depth on all things big archery whitetail deer. So that's what's coming at you today. Going to be a good one, no doubt about that. Uh, and since we're focusing on bow hunting this morning, how about a Crimson Talon Broadheads giveaway? I've got a three-pack of 150-grain hybrids, and we'll give these away to uh, one of you guys or gals. Uh, so just email the word archery. That's archery. To Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com, and uh, you will be entered into this week's Crimson Talon Broadheads giveaway. Let's knock out a break. Up next, it's a big buck tale that you're not going to want to miss right here on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Hey guys, Cable here, and if you're listening to this show, you probably like ARs. And I'm not talking about antler restrictions, I'm talking about, you know, ARs, modern sporting rifles. And Timber Creek Outdoors has the best way I've found to take your AR to the next level. It's the Enforcer Kit. It features high-end performance parts and jaw-dropping looks. It's perfect for sportsmen, competitors, firearms, enthusiasts, and people who trust their lives to their equipment, like you and I. When combined together, these parts improve usability, as well as ergonomics, big word there, and dependability of any small framed modern sporting rifle. Timber Creek products are manufactured by Americans in the USA, God bless America, and they implement uncompromising quality control and offer a lifetime warranty. They've got a bunch of different color options, something for everybody. I've got a Hunter Green Enforcer Kit on my 224 Valkyrie. Absolutely love it. You will too. Check out the Enforcer Kit at TimberCreekOutdoorsInc.com. If you're looking to remodel your home, add a deck or arbor to the back patio, redo your fence, or build your dream home from the ground up, look no further than ECR Construction Group. My longtime bow hunting buddy, Josh Brown, is someone you can trust to deliver honest work on time. ECR Construction Group also serves the North Texas area, specializing in roofing, barn dominium builds, painting, and carpentry. So for your next project, call the folks I trust. That's ECR Construction Group at 214-400-1444 or ecrcg.com. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at bobcatadvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit bobcatofdallas.com today. So said any last call. A whiskey on the rocks and Adderall. A whiskey on the rocks and Adderall. We are no different than the neon lights. We turn us up and stay up all night. 
Cable Smith, welcome everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. It's great to be here with you. Thanks for dropping by as we are all set to hear a North Texas big bucktail for the ages. When you talk about Grayson County historically, it's well known not only for Texas deer hunters but throughout the country and the Hagerman Wildlife Draw. I think they do three, three or four day hunts every year so you know, a dozen or less days of actual deer hunting on uh, the Hagerman. That's why the draw is it's such a coveted tag to get. And I've applied multiple times, have not drawn yet. Um, but Grayson and, the, and Hagerman specifically produce monster white-tailed deer. Uh, they got their deer season, I believe, in the mid-'80s. Uh, Colin Rockwall, Dallas, following suit in 2012 as archery-only counties as well. And, I mean, there's a reason why the deer get big, right? Because it's hard to kill deer with a bow. So they reach maturity. I don't believe that Grayson's uh, neighbor in Cook County has any different genetics. Actually, I know that they don't. But people rifle hunt Cook County, and that's fine. You know, I, I kill more deer with a rifle than I do with a bow every year. Um, but it's worth noting that they have giant deer because they're bow hunting only in, in those counties. And, and Collin County certainly... Um, has the same genetics as Grayson and has been producing monsters as well over the last seven or eight years. Uh, but it, Colin doesn't have the history that Grayson does. So when you talk about a new typical record, you're talking about a lot of giant deer over the years. And uh, State Trooper Tarif Alcatib just smashed the Grayson typical record for a white-tailed buck. And we're going to have him. Actually, he's here in studio. He's got the rack of this deer here sitting on uh, the desk. And uh, we're going to hear all about this buck and his uh, multi-year relationship with this deer. But before we do that, this segment brought to you by the Vortex Fury HD Laser Range-Finding Binoculars. I've told you guys over the years, I'm a minimalist. I don't want to take a lot of gear into the field if I don't have to. So combining both of those Essential tools, binos and rangefinder, into one unit. Awesome. You can find the Fury at vortexoptics.com. With that being said, let's bring him on right now. Sitting across the uh, the studio desk from me, it is my pleasure to welcome Tarif Alkatib to the show. Yes, sir. So let's get to know you a little bit, and then uh, obviously we're going to talk about this monster deer that's been all over social media and people are like did you see this deer they're texting it to you and it's like I, where did this deer come from you know the usual north texas thing yeah. where when a big buck uh, gets shot uh so what do you do for a living i uh i'm a state trooper uh out of the sherman highway patrol office okay and how long have you been doing that uh just about 14 years now okay right on and how long have you been hunting well i've been hunting since i was a little kid um you know, rifle hunting and stuff. I started picking up a bow probably when I was about 13 years old mm -hmm. is when I started picking up a, a bow and, uh, started hunting Grayson County, uh, about 2010, 2011, somewhere in there is when I started hunting in Grayson County and, uh, haven't shot a deer or anything with a, with a gun in a very long time. Even prior to that, once I shot my first deer with a bow, um, I was kind of hooked after that. Yeah. 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 Well, so you're a better man than me because as soon as rifle season hits, I'm like, ah, I'm sorry, I'm going to start cheating on my bow now. Yeah. Uh, but but 
that's not, I mean, that's not completely true. When I had that place in Collin County, I hunted um, more days, and I showed you some pictures of the deer I was hunting. Yeah. Nice buck. I hunted more days and with, with less success, and, like, I don't think I gun hunted. I had another deer lease in Clay County, and I don't think I I shot a deer until December when I finally, that deer disappeared, and I was just like, screw it, I'm done, yeah. you know. 20 acres, There's not, that's the thing about some of these properties where we live, it's like, 20 acres if the buck's not on there you can't make the deer come on there that's right yeah, mm -hmm. i mean you don't know if it's living on there or where it's living and mm -hmm. just traveling through there or what so yeah. yeah hunting a smaller piece sometimes can be tough but smaller pieces sometimes can be right in the right place well the the robert taylor buck that was shot in uh grayson county i think his place is like less than 10 acres yeah, or something it wasn't like that. very big at all yeah. yeah and that's like a top five buck of all-time deer and oh yeah uh archery buck in texas and um yeah it's been that was a long time he brought that buck in here too i totally forgot about that really? and that was yeah. that had to be 12 years ago yeah that was quite a while back so probably about right when you started bow hunting there probably when maybe, i started hunting maybe that was like anyways. maybe it was like oh you saw that deer and you're like yeah. oh, i want to do that yeah um so you told me during our our preliminary conversation that you've been quite successful in the amount of time that you've been bow hunting yeah, I've been very successful. Um, you know, so I've killed now 12 wall hangers uh -huh. in just that time since 2010, 11. But, you know, having multiple counties to hunt's really helped me too. Uh, for instance, the last, I guess it would be three years, I have five great deer in just three years. Uh -huh. You know, the last two years I was able to double up in Grayson and Collin County. Yeah. So, so when you say wall hanger, I mean, a trophies in the eye of the beholder, you know, like um, my son just shot an eight point, his first buck with a rifle in South Texas. That to me is a, that's a wall hanger, right? Of course. So yeah. what is your definition of a wall hanger? Well, I think, you know, people get really hung up on scores. I try not to get hung up on score too much. Um, obviously, this deer means something to mm -hmm. me with the score. But one of my favorite deer is probably like my fourth house number four deer. And he's my favorite deer. I go off of what I like, what looks cool to me. Uh -huh. Um, but, um, you know, of course I, I hunt mature deer, you know, I even try to let a deer at four and a half go, um, let a great four and a half year deer go this year. I believe when they get to that magic five plus great things can start happening. But just like, I think I told you before we started 140 inch deer with your bow is a trophy mm -hmm. um, that's a great deer some people go their entire life and not even see a 140 inch deer. i have one deer over 140 i think yeah. i've only killed two um i've killed a bunch of doe but i've only killed two bucks with a bow yeah i've killed as many damn elk with a bow as i have deer yeah, i know it, you were telling me about all it's these hard dude yeah. uh, and and the biggest one i've <laughs> killed was one in oklahoma um that was 142 yeah is that no, it's in, it's in the other room. But, yeah, I showed that one to you. And I'm proud of that deer, right? Yeah, but, yeah. But, you know, uh, I, I think out of my 12, I got two that are in the upper 40s, a mm -hmm. uh, couple in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and now uh, dang near 200. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, before the 60-day drying period, we were looking at a 200-inch deer, 200-inch typical. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing also is there's a lot of heartbreak with bow hunting. Of course. And you were telling me – this is not the biggest deer you've ever shot. Correct. Correct. So, t I mean, you can spill the beans on, <laughs> on that story. Yeah. I, I shot a deer that would have been 2018, I think, on a totally different property on the south end of the county. And uh, 
he's a 200 inch typical deer um definitely a booner and uh it just the hit looked good everything looked good i, I think deer sometimes like people it's a will to live mm-hmm. um don't get me wrong you get one in that pump station really good they're gonna die but um i think i just went in to look for him just a little bit too early i gave him a little over an hour and uh he jumped off in this river and uh he never made it out of it the river was up and out of its banks by about 30 feet on each side yeah. moving at about four to five mile an hour the water was and uh it took several days for the water to recede and check the brush piles and everything and never got another picture of him never found him uh, nobody else had pictures of him i know it killed him it's just i think uh, well he plunged into the river to his yeah, death so yeah and uh that was it was very discouraging I, i've had I mean, obviously, when you bow hunt, you're going to wound deer. It happens. Um, Anybody that says they haven't, congratulations to them. But it's coming for you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's 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 part of hunting, and it and it helps you grow and and become better. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like I was telling you, I wounded that elk this year. Heartbreaking. Yeah, I know he lived. Unlike the deer that you lost, I mean, there's no doubt that deer died. But um, yeah, it doesn't. Whether I guess maybe you feel a little bit better if they if you know they live, but. Also, an elk is a lot tougher than, oh, yeah. than a white-tailed deer. Yeah. Um, but to, to have this buck here in studio that you killed <laughs> on December 8th, I believe? Correct. And, to, and for you to say that you shot one that was even bigger, is like, how do you even <laughs> wrap your mind around that? And, you know, and, and people get so caught up on that. They'll try to tell you, um, you know, oh, you're never going to kill another deer bigger. You're never going to kill another bigger every time I've killed a deer. And sometimes I have, and then the next year I may not kill one as big. But that's where I don't get so caught up on that score. Sometimes mm-hmm. the story and the history with the deer means way more than those numbers can mean. Um, so, you know, I don't always say – I mean, if you had to shoot one bigger, you may never see one again in your life like that. So that's not what it's about, in my opinion. It's about – um, getting out there and, and having a story. I live hunting 365 mm-hmm. um, and shoot what you like. You know, what what makes your heart beat when you're out there? The day that your heart quits beating fast when you see a deer, then you need to hang it up and quit hunting. So That that transcends for me whether I'm bow or rifle hunting. Like, I, I still rifle hunt all the time, and I still get, like, you know, I can see my – myself start shaking and my my heart rate pick up and uh, funny enough when my son shot that deer this year and we talked i had him in here and we talked about that story uh-huh. on the air and um he was like dad you were shaking more than me <laughs> and i was i was like i think i was like so jacked up for him and so nervous like was, was he gonna screw this up is he gonna hate hunting because he's gonna wound this deer and yeah. all those things are playing through your head and you're like but then you're like we've put it the, put the time in he's practiced he's good and he made i mean he dropped it right in his tracks but well, that's what when you say that i was thinking i knew where you're kind of going with that i uh was very fortunate enough to get to hunt with my mom this year um after i tagged out and everything and and uh, my mom's 60 years old and she still shoots a compound bow awesome. and she don't want it any other way right yeah and uh so i had a, a couple of great old mature deer and i said hey um come shoot come shoot one of these deer and uh so she's like, well, what about if that one walks in? I said, hey, you just do what you want when it comes out, you know. But uh, I remember filming her and 
I think I was more nervous doing that when the deer was coming in than when I shot this deer. Yeah. Like I just, I wanted it for her so bad and, uh, and it turned out awesome. She killed the deer. And, uh, but yeah, I was, I think I was just like how you said, you were more nervous when your son was, shooting. I was, I felt that. Yeah. And, uh, with my mom shooting a deer in front of me, it was just that, that's what, that's what hunting's all about Yeah. is that, that experience and that rush that you get. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this buck you named shredder. Correct. Okay. Why, and why is that? Oh man, just his tons. Uh, it just, something about him reminded me of just shredder off the ninja turtles when oh, i was yeah. a kid right? i watched the heck out of that and uh one thing about this deer too is his attitude um when he was on the property i would know he was on the property without even getting a picture of him because there would not be another single deer with antlers on the property really it's like they knew he's here <clears throat> we're disappearing and and it was amazing um you'd get your little young young bucks but uh anything you know, three and a half plus was gone and they weren't even going to be around. So, uh, I don't know. The name just kind of fit him right too mm -hmm. with those big old long times that he has. So, well, like I told you, the only place that I I've hunted in Collin County was 20 acres. I'm not going to say how big yours is cause we want to keep your place, yeah. your place, but it was in the hundreds of acres. So yeah. it was a yeah. nice size property. Those aren't, um, those aren't easy to find in Collin County. Yeah. You know, I have a place that's really big. I got places that are really big and a place, my best place in Collin County is only 18 acres mm -hmm. and, but it's the right 18 acres. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, what's, that's one good thing about bow hunting is you don't have to have a ton of property. Um, if you just got the right spot, I mean, uh, I know guys that hunt little 10 acre tracks and kill big deer off of it. I mean, it can happen. And that's the great thing about bow hunting. Of course. So how many encounters did you have with, with Shredder here? Uh, the day that I killed him uh, was my sixth encounter with him that year, that this year, this past year. And did you know of him last year? Yes, I did. Um, I'd actually seen him one time from the stand, uh, was going to go hunting, and something told me, hey, I hadn't hunted this property since 17, so going back to the year prior even. And I hunted it one time, seen him from a, a great distance, and uh, he kind of just disappeared. Didn't get pictures of him, so I didn't really know. I knew it was a big deer. I think he grossed. He would have grossed over 200 inches. Not He wouldn't have netted as high. But um, I kind of just gave up on him. And uh, like I said, I just thought maybe it was a deer passing through. Uh, went on to shoot another deer uh, at an, another property I have on the south end of the county, and and uh, the it was that same day. I just got back home from icing my deer down, and I get a picture of him. <laughs> and then it was like nonstop. He was living on the place, and so my strategy was just to learn everything I could about him to try to hunt him the following year. Right. So you're tagged out, and I want to take a break here. We'll come back and figure out how you learned about this deer and how important cell cameras were in that process. Also, we can debate the ethics of modern trail cameras uh, a little bit if we want to. We'll do that next with uh, Tarif Alkatib. That segment brought to you by Mossberg Firearms and the Patriot Rifle lineup. Yes, I love bow hunting. I also love rifle hunting. And when it comes to uh, grabbing my favorite deer rifle, it's always a Mossberg Patriot, whether that's a 300 Win Mag, a 7 Mag, Henry's 243, or uh, even a 6.5 more that I use uh, primarily for hogs and coyotes. Absolutely love the Patriot lineup. 
They've got everything from a 22-250 up to a dangerous game caliber like a 375 Ruger. You want laminate stock, you want synthetic, or perhaps you've got a more refined taste and you want a nice wooden walnut stock. They've got all of it in each caliber and every barrel now comes threaded. Check out the Patriot lineup at Mossberg.com. We'll be right back on SCI's Star Outdoor Show. And one was telling you Lock in load in the shooting village at the Ducks Unlimited Expo. DUX, presented by Purina Proclan at Texas Motor Speedway, April 8th through 10th. 300-yard rifle range, trick shooting demos, live fire rifle and pistol range, seminars and raffles. Tickets are $10 at duckexpo.com. Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, a full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Let's face it, guys. We all would love to own land, right? But they're not making any more of it. However, there's a solution. Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers finance their own piece of paradise for over 100 years. Whether you want it for recreating, ranching, fishing, hunting, or just to get the hell out of Dodge for the weekend, visit Lone Star Ag Credit today to start making that dream a reality. Cable Smith, welcome everybody back to SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. One of my all-time favorite guitar solos there, Dickie Betts, Blue Sky, uh, Almond Brothers Classic. Uh, thank you so much for being here. We're still visiting with Tarif Al-Khatib, uh, Grayson County resident, uh, state trooper, who recently arrowed the biggest typical deer ever taken in Grayson County, damn near the entire state, by the way. Um, but before we get back into that discussion, this segment proudly brought to you by Big and J Whitetail Attractants. If you're trying to lure in a big buck uh, like the one we're talking about, there's nothing better than a little Big and J. You know, big bucks are oftentimes wary of feeders. So whether you're hand corning or hand baiting with uh, like maybe the Big and J BB squared, that's my favorite. The kiddos absolutely love putting it out and then they uh, they won't leave me alone about Dad, let me see your cell phone. I want to see what deer are eating the Big and J. Are the big bucks coming? Uh, yeah, it works. Absolutely. And you can find their entire lineup of whitetail attractants at bigandj.com. Let's pick it back up with Tarif, who was nice enough to stick around. And where we left off, well, you had already tagged out. And then the next day, you're getting photos of this giant buck on your property in Grayson County. So you, at that point, put out cameras everywhere, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Cameras. uh I'd already even started moving some stands around. And uh, like I said, I knew the property well. I hadn't hunted it in several years um, because I go where the big deer are. You right. know? And so that's one good thing about I'm very fortunate to have options because, um, you know, your big target deer gets killed. Well, hey, 
let's move on to this deer now or something, you know, mm -hmm. or, or whatever it may be. So, yeah, uh, cameras are your best friend when you got a deer like this running around. Oh, yeah. You yeah. can't have too many. And people want to bitch about cell uh, cell cameras and technology. And, and um, I was fishing on Lake Fork recently, and we used um, live scope for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, like, the crappie, we had this little warm-up, and the crappie were deeper, and then they came into the shallower, and they were so spread out. They weren't schooled up. Like, you'd find one just roaming around, and then you'd find another one yeah. in 15 feet of water, but he's three feet in the water column from the surface. Then the next one would be 12 feet. We caught 20 awesome, like, pound and a half. Forks got giant crappie, yeah. pound and a half to two-pound crappie. We wouldn't, maybe we would have caught two or three if we didn't have live scope. Yeah. So you know is that cheating i don't know but so but this this is what i think about the cell cameras they're not going anywhere if you were gun hunting and you could and you lived on the property and got a picture could get sneak within 300 yards of it that's maybe a little bit different but when you're bow hunting it doesn't matter if you got a cell camera or not what are you gonna, do, gonna sneak up out there, there and yeah. shoot a whitetail you uh -huh. know i mean so you know i don't necessarily believe that but i mean cameras can be your best friend or your worst enemy too because there's been times before I'm not getting pictures of anything and I'm like, oh, I'm not going hunting. And then boom, there's a deer, you know, so they can work against you too. I, I generally, de I despise them during hunting season because I just always looking at like, Oh, oh you know, that, that deer I showed you that yeah. you think maybe he was once high one seventies yeah. that just disappeared on um, October 30th on my place in Clay County this year. Like that deer kept me up yeah. for two weeks straight. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to bow hunt him because I didn't want to go in there and booger it up because he was coming to this feeder, and uh, I was like, I'll just shoot him opening day of gun season, and then he was gone, never gone October thirtieth, never saw him again. Well, that that's one thing about whitetail is they are not predictable. Uh, I know that you can try to predict them early season or late season or something, but I don't, I don't think they're too predictable where you can say, oh, I'm going to go kill it this day. Uh, I mean, you know, I, but you can come up with your game plan. It's like, can. this is and, and, my and best plan of action. Of course, yeah. And I, I was like, I am not going to go in there. And well, I would have had to put in a, you know, a pop up and, an, yeah. and he was already real spooky. He wasn't coming every day. And I was just like, he's coming every third day. I'm going to, it's going to happen. Gone before rifle season <laughs> even started. And that's how it works out though. That's yeah. how they survive and get big. But I, but I never had pictures of him until like October 15th. It was like a two week deal. And he hit that feeder like five or six times in that time frame. And I was like, I'll just go live in that blind once gun season opens up. And never worked out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, the other thing about the technology though is, it's like our cell phones. They're not going anywhere. Of course. The 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 live cameras aren't going anywhere. Um, I've never shot a, a deer in that situation where I was like, oh, there's a picture of a buck and gone and run shot it, but. There are plenty of times where I've been at camp and mm -hmm. I get pictures of hogs. Yeah. I and grab the thermal and I'm like, let's, let's go. And I love that. Like, but I, hogs are, they're not, a, they're not a game animal. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a pest. Yeah. You know, I think the time could be coming. I know some States it's illegal to use cameras During to, take, to take the, take a deer, you know, yeah. uh, or, you know, Arizona. if it assisted you in, in killing the animal, it could keep you out of some things. But, you know, 
yeah, just like you said, pigs. Yeah, uh, I've got pictures of pigs before, and like, hey, I'm gonna go in here and kill them. Right. But uh, it's it's gonna be hard, kind of hard to do that on a white tail. You know? Yeah. One other benefit that I means there's always pros and cons to everything. But on that place I had in Collin County, with I never could sit without seeing coyotes, and it's only 20 acres. I'm like these damn things, you know. Some and and then like my place in Clay County, I'll get uh, video of coyotes in the field with the deer and the deer don't even care yeah. but like on 20 acres i know when there's coyotes i'm not seeing any deer because yeah. all i have was that experience and if there were coyotes i didn't see a deer so i started trapping them and i would i put a live camera a cell camera on on every leg hold that i set and that way when i caught something i immediately would just go over there it's 15 minutes from here and dispatch it yeah. and so i think that was like a benefit of like you know the animal didn't have to suffer at all because as soon as i caught it i went over there and took care of it yeah, of course. Um, but, okay, let's talk about this deer. You saw him on the, the sixth time. Was the time I killed him. Correct. December 8th. So this is pretty much post-rut in our part of the world. I mean, I think our, I always think like 13th, 15th of November when it really starts to heat up. Um, what do you what, what do you think, having killed a lot of deer in our area, what, what, would, your be, what would be your favorite day of the rut so believe it or not the last few years it seems like to me i've been trying to set my vacation too early i think uh of that last week in in november and the first week in december can be really good mm -hmm. and uh and of course we had weird weather this year you know i mean there was very few times that i was like hey i need to really bundle up today right you know and so i think that makes a little bit of a difference on how they choose to move too. But I don't know. I, we were talking before. There's something about Halloween day. I think Halloween day, whether you have a picture of a great deer or not. Halloween this, just means horror stories. Yeah. For just, me. get, <laughs> As I'm get, trick or treating and my target bucks walking by my, my believe blind. me, the, I have little ones now. So that evening I'm constantly checking my phone to yeah. see what's going on. But Halloween day is good. Um, there's something always about November 7th. I don't know. Uh, that first week in November when they're really starting to cruise mm -hmm. and look for them does and, and hitting scrapes, they're just more likely to be on their feet then. And, of course, everybody knows to kill a, a big mature buck during the peak of the rut. It's awesome. But, uh, but you know, th this deer was bedded with a doe the night before I killed him, and he had been with her for about, it was odd, three days. Mm. I had I knew he was with her, and he kind of broke loose from her that morning. I killed, killed him. And uh, I don't know what, to me, those last few days of November and that first week in December when they're still searching for them last doe can be really, really good. So let me ask you, what, what would your thought on this question be? Easier to kill a buck pre-rut? Like early October when they're still like, yeah, they kind of predict what they're going to do a little, like you said, yeah. they're unpredictable, but if you've got them on a pattern, yeah, yeah. or do you think it's easier to kill a a deer of this caliber after that post rut. I mean, have, you've post killed a bunch rut of nice deer in the rut. Yeah. So are you, have you killed any of those ones in October? Yes. I've killed, I've killed some deer in October, but to me, October, it needs to be, I got a shooter deer and I need to get it done in the first week or two mm -hmm. because then it's kind of like, everything just slows down and then it's like those last few days of October, it starts to heat up. But, uh, I think they're predictable. And it depends like, are you hunting food? If you got them coming to food, then yeah. And even late season can be good when they start to hit that food again. But, 
of course, to beat them at their game, when you got them dough around them, mm-hmm. they're, they're a little bit off, you know, and, and they're, they're letting their guard down some and, and, uh, and that, that's what this deer was doing. Have you had much luck calling or using any kind of like, uh, you know, doe and heat or estrus or any of that <laughs> okay, stuff? Okay, so the first encounter I had with this deer this year, um, I had a really good feeling he was going to come to this spot. And I'm there, and I just barely catch some noise. I look back behind me. I don't even, I don't even see his head. I don't even, but I know it's him. Um, I just seen a body moving and I knew he's going to come out here, but I'm like, the wind is horrible where he's going for me. Right. So he comes out or he just stands at the edge. I seen him jump to fit. And luckily there were some other deer around me and I had a smaller deer by me and he starts going away from me. I should have just let him go. Right. He was probably about 70, 80 yards. Mm-hmm. Well, I called to him with a butt grunt. And immediately he turns around and I mean, he does an about face and he's coming. So of course, you know, I'm getting ready, but what did I just do? I just alerted him that, Hey, there's so he's using all his senses now, right? His eyes, his ears, his nose, and he gets out there to about 50 yards. And his wiener too. Stops. Yeah. <laughs> he gets out there to 50 yards and just stops. And I'm like, it's done. And he turns around and he just kind of gets stiff legged and walks off and he gets over there by this other smaller buck. And then he blows twice. And I'm thinking, I just ruined it. Mm -hmm. I just ruined it. Like he, he knows I never like a deer to know I'm hunting him. Right. Well, about 20 minutes later, I got him on another camera and he's running a doe. I said, he's done for God. Mm -hmm. He don't know. But talking of calling to him, I think when you call to a deer, they're going to be using all their senses on you. And if you ain't on your game, on your sense, I mean, and I don't think we can ever beat their nose. I like to do everything I can to increase my odds. Mm -hmm. But, uh, just my experience with a deer. If it's, and I don't think he smelt me. I just think he didn't see anything. He didn't see that other buck and it kind of made him nervous. But, uh, I don't know if they smell you. That's I'd rather them see me than smell me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So for sure. For sure. Yeah. I had that, that one buck on that Collin County place. I told you like walk right behind my pop-up before the sun came up, winded me, crashed out of there. I, I was never on the property at the same time as him again. Yeah. He was on the property occasionally, not, not near as frequently. Um, but yeah, it was, and it was probably all nocturnal after that too. Yeah. I didn't see yeah. maybe a couple pictures in the middle of the rut, but yeah, yeah it was yeah. that, that booger did. And on only 20 acres, that was just like, yeah, I, I knew that I was, I'd screwed that up pretty good. Yeah. They, but he was smart. The they, other deer walked in front of the blind. He was for some reason, you know, they don't get big by being stupid. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know why they do what they do sometimes, but it works out for them. Makes me angry. 99% of the time. <laughs> Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll get the details on uh, how this Texas monarch eventually slipped up and met his end. Uh, that segment brought to you by NUMA Outdoors. I told you guys last week uh, that I was going skiing, taking the kids. I'm going to be the dorky guy on the mountain wearing full camo. Don't care. I don't need to buy ski clothes. And I wore the Waypoint jacket and pants water resistant cuts the wind uh insulated it's all i needed and temperatures were like uh, in teens to 20s it snowed on us all day one day it was awesome and uh, one time a snowboarder skied up behind me and was like almost didn't see you there 
And I was like, what in the world? Oh, then I was like, oh, I get it. Uh, funny guy. But uh, but anyway, I was warm and high and dry in that uh, Waypoint system. You can find it at NumaOutdoors.com, and you'll save 20% off your entire order with that promo code LONESTAR20. We'll be right back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. So I'm saying goodbye, no tears I cry for you. I've done all I can, I've been a good man for you. Hey guys, Cable here, and last year was a wild year for censorship. It's only continuing in 2022 uh, for us hunters and anglers. So I've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women, by hunters and anglers just like you. It's a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged. Imagine that. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so many more. Oh, and if you create a free account, you get 10 bucks to the store just for trying it out. Visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started, and I'll see you over there. Cable here, and if you're like me, you probably enjoy bold flavors and cuisines. And nobody does Cajun and Creole better than Chris's Specialty Foods in Frisco. Their forte includes specialty sausages, boudins, and andouille, pre-cooked soups, gumbos, and sides, where all you have to do is heat it up. What about high-quality steaks, smoked and fried turkeys, turduckins, and turduckin rolls for the holidays, plus gift boxes. Storefront conveniently located off Dallas Parkway in Frisco, or shop online at chrisspecialtyfoods.com and have it delivered to your door. Reckless Kelly bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. Cable Smith here with you. We've still got Tarif Alkatib in studio. We're talking uh, big bucks here, specifically this typical 12-point monster that uh, most likely you've seen a picture of at this point. But if you haven't, uh, you can certainly check that out on my website and uh, social media stuff, as uh, Tarif was nice enough to bring the deer into the studio uh, before we get back into how he actually killed the buck, this segment is proudly brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. Unapologetically patriotic. It's veteran-owned. It's America's Coffee Company. And uh, you'll save 20% when you use my promo code LONESTAR20 at checkout. All right. Let's get back into that big buck discussion here with Tarif, who is in studio with us today. So, okay. So, talk about the day that you actually killed Shredder here. So the, the day I went in to kill him, um, I had a really good vibe that it's going to happen. But it was – and the temp was – it was okay temps. It's oh, like, oh, back it was, up, back up. You told me you had him at 10 yards one time. Oh, yeah. So t so we skipped a few encounters. But yeah, yeah. Give so, us the highlights there. So that there. time of the 10-yard uh, encounter with him, I hung a new stand – and it was in a bad spot. I think a great morning spot, horrible evening spot, just your inner and exit. But I had watched him twice 
walked by this tree and, and I was like, and, and I watched all the deer walk by this tree and it was just something about it. It was a, it was kind of set off of the edge a little bit, big giant, two cedars kind of growing up together. Um, then there was, uh, there was like another pecan tree kind of growing up in it. And I was like, I'll be so, I mean, I'll be hidden there. It's, it's going to be an awesome spot. And, but the thing is, is it was iffy. You had to know, I would try to say, well, Hey, I got him over here. Maybe he bedded here. Cause you could only really hunt it with one wind. And, uh, and it had to be just perfect right there. Well, I was sitting there that morning and had some does come by me. And next thing you know, I hear this just deep grunt and I look and he's coming right through the locust. I mean, he's mm. coming like right on trail like this. I'm almost like this was going to be too easy. I set <laughs> this stand and now I'm about to kill him. And he turns and goes after the doe. And I watched him for 45 minutes that day messing with these does. He'd come to 40. And, and, and I'm not going to shoot at a white tail with my bow at 40. I practice out to 80 yards, but I'm, I'm kind of a 30 and in guy. And yeah. I really don't want to do 30 on a white tail, but, uh, he finally quits messing with them, nudges them, you know, just nudges them around and here he's coming and he's doing one of those things. Like, you know, when big deer are walking through stuff and the way they're bobbing their head and he comes and he's standing to my left, which is good. You know, I'm a right-handed shooter and he's just facing me. The sun is beaming on him. It's beaming on me too. And I don't like the sun hitting on me in that spot. It was later in the morning. And usually I, when that sun starts beaming on me like that, I want to get out of there. But a real dewy that morning. I mean, I could just watch the water just beat off his antlers. Hmm. And he's at 10 yards facing me. And he goes to turn to walk away. And I draw. But as I draw, he kind of took a few little quick steps. And I just I, I just let back down. I probably could have got a shot off on him, but it wouldn't have been ideal. Yeah. And so I said, hey, he's here. And I've been seeing him. And but that leads to a frustration too. But that's also a sign of maturity as a you hunter, know? though, because if you're a new hunter and you're like, oh, in that you, situation, you're like, I gotta shoot. You want to get an arrow in him, right. right? But guess what? That's where I think that leads to heartbreak. Having some <laughs> wounded deer before leads to making better choices for sure. And uh, and so I remember sitting there and I was giggling like a teenage girl and just shaking. I'm like. Dude, that was awesome. Just the encounters I'd already had with him up to that point was unbelievable. I watched him like a racehorse one day just running these bucks, and he'd run back to this doe and then run at him again. And it was just – I was having some unbelievable encounters with this deer um, prior to the day that I ended up killing him. So you know he's with this doe. He's been with her for a few days. December 8th comes. You've got a good feeling about it. Um, now, are you, are you hunting only tree stands? Uh, yes, yes. Okay. I, uh, I've killed deer out of ground blinds, but I prefer to be in the tree. That's right. just what I like to do. Yeah. You know. So you're in the tree that morning. Correct. It was a morning hunt? Morning hunt. And uh, it was an odd east wind, kind of weird. And here we are, 9 o'clock, and I haven't seen a single deer. Will this deer come to a feeder? Yes, I would get pictures of him at a feeder. And I did hunt him at a feeder a couple times. Uh -huh. Um but the encounters, the best encounters I, I had with him was not hunting over a feeder, you know. Yeah. And but here we are. I a lot of our deer in Grayson and Collin County won't come to a feeder. Yeah, like it that. takes time, uh, and they prefer gravity feeders yeah. over spin feeders and stuff. And 
And like I said, and if you've been feeding them for a while, several years and deer have grown up around them, they're more comfortable around them. But I still, there's just something about that feeder that puts them on such edge when they're coming in. And uh, so anyways, yeah, so I'm sitting there, nine o'clock rolls around. I haven't even seen a single deer and I'm texting a buddy and stuff. And I'm like, man, this freaking east wind. It's just weird. And I look and I see five doe. And they're across this ditch from me and they move off. And I was like, man, they're probably going to bed. Everything's going back to bed. It was like 9 15. Hmm. And I hear something coming from behind me. And and I, I knew where he would be coming from. And like I said, I had a had that east wind. And here comes this deer. And I don't even turn around. I let it walk all the way underneath me. And I'm looking at it through the stand. And it's just this little just little nubbin buck. He uh -huh. just barely broke out of the skin. And so I think he was with that group of doe and then he kind of just busted off. So he's right there in front of me. And then here comes this little one sided deer. And like I said, I knew he was on the property cause there's no other big, there's no other even decent deer on the property. And I don't hear anything. All of a sudden they're just glued in to like right to my South. And I'm looking, I'm, I'm cutting, you know, when you start cutting your eyes so hard, like you're getting tired and, oh, looking, yeah. and I just catch a glimpse of just this right side and I'm like, he's here. And it was almost like a ghost. He just kind of moved and moved, <laughs> and moved off. But I said, if he sees these deer, he's bought and paid for because he don't like deer, right? He hates any bucks. Well, th that little one-sided buck like goes over there to see what he's doing Cause then he disappeared on me and I hear just a snort wheeze and he comes at him. Well, then he starts walking directly to my South cuts the ditch. And I said, he's coming, he's coming into my lane. I was hunting down this lane and here he comes walking in and I had him at 27 yards and he stops and I know the wind's good, but he just froze and he's looking where he may have could have seen those does still kind of up there. Cause they were kind of uphill across this ditch from me. And at that point, I remember it going through my mind after having the encounters I've had. I said, this deer is unkillable. I mean, he's just, he's got that sense about him. Mm. There's some deer that just, they're unkillable, right? With a bow. And he turns to leave. And I'm like, hey, that's cool. He's on the property. You know, I've learned to let it go. He's here. It's okay. And he goes and he's about to cross get get out of the lane and go up this hill and then he just doesn't about face and starts coming i have him at he comes back to that same spot and he's broadside at 27 yards i draw my bow back and i'm about to take a 27 yard shot on him but like i told you before i even at 30 i mean i'm a great shot at 30 but i just too many things can happen from oh, the yeah. time it goes donk to the time the arrow gets there and he just starts walking towards me now so I just stay at full draw. I stayed at full draw for a good two or three minutes almost. Mm. And Manny keeps coming on by and he's just going to walk by on this lane. And Manny gives me a broadside shot at like 18 yards. And, uh, I remember I've never, I've always told myself, I try to have a sequence of what I go through when I, when I draw back on a big deer, Yeah. but I've never been so calm at on shooting any deer. I don't know why it was. I was just, I was zoned in and just really let my pin set on. I let it go. And man, he ran and I could barely see him and he's just standing there and I could see that hotel just twitching it and he fell over. But I was, I sat there and I'm like, did he really fall over? <laughs> I didn't know. Cause I couldn't see where he laid. Uh -huh. 
So about 10 minutes go by, I made a few phone calls, you know, real quiet. 10 minutes goes by and all of a sudden here comes that little buck coming back through and he's walking right that way. I said, he's going to be my tattletale. He's going to let me know if that deer's there. And he gets over there and gets all stiff legged and walking around and leaves. 10 minutes later comes back and he's walking in circles. I'm like, he's laying there dead. And I still gave him 45 minutes and, uh, I got down and, and, uh, kind of walked just to where I could see him and I could see him and I didn't even go up to him because, uh, my, my mom and, and, and her husband, Dale was coming out there and I was like, man, I want to do the recovery with them. And, and, uh, and my daughter got to come out that day. Nice. So my, my boy and my, my wife was at work and my boy was at school, so they couldn't. And so they got to film me walking up on him and it was just, it was surreal. You know, you see these deer, you get so many pictures of them and it's like, they're never real until you see them for the first time. And I had seen this deer so many times and never, you know, presented me with an opportunity until that day. So oh, that's incredible. It's all history. You, from you mentioned that they're, they're never really real until you, until yeah. you see, see them or, or, or at full draw, like the two biggest deer that I've ever hunted. I've never seen on, yeah. in person, you know, I mean, I've got pictures of them, but yeah. I've never seen them. And, and, and when the first time you see them, it's just, it's this weirdest feeling. It's, it's weird to see them because it's almost like, are they really here? Mm. Is it really here when you're getting all these pictures and you're excited looking at them, but Keeping it's almost like it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's like, they're not real until you actually see them in person, you know? Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break here to reef. When we come back, I want to get into how big you thought this deer was going to be as far as the score goes. And then what he actually went, uh, because he certainly has a special place in the annals of Texas deer history. So we'll do that next. That segment brought to you by Stealth Cam and the Fusion wireless trail camera. You can find it at StealthCam.com and get a, a data plan for as low as $5 a month. That's live photos sent right to the app on your phone. and You can find it at StealthCam.com. We'll be right back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. I am not insane. It may have what killed Elvis. And you can call me Lock in load in the shooting village at the Ducks Unlimited Expo, DUX. Presented by Purina Pro Plan at Texas Motor Speedway, April 8th through 10th. 300-yard rifle range, trick shooting demos, live fire rifle and pistol range, ammo and firearm sales, seminars, and raffles. DUX, presented by Purina Pro Plan at Texas Motor Speedway, April 8th through 10th. Tickets are only $10. Kids under 12, active or retired military, and first responders get in free. Buy your tickets today at duckexpo.com. Cable here for Big and J Whitetail Attractants. Few things are more enjoyable than to watch the kids put out the Big and J BB squared and then start beating dad up to look at his cell phone. Why? Because they want to see what bucks are coming to eat the Big and J. You can find their entire lineup of Whitetail Attractants at BigandJ.com. Tactical Skeleton Firearms specializes in custom AR-10 firearms. They're best known for their AR-10 308 pistols. Also, dual-caliber AR-10 rifle systems and dual-caliber AR-15 takedown pistols. Tactical Skeleton specializes in custom coating engraving, and they'll custom laser cut the foam insert inside your hard gun case. They'll also take on any exotic caliber build offered on the AR-10 or AR-15 platform. Precision machining and hand-built quality guaranteed by a lifetime warranty? Who does that? Get free shipping on your order when you visit TacticalSkeleton.com today. Cable here for All Season Smokers. The Gates family has been making the best feeders on the planet 
for over 40 years now. I think uh, Mr. Gates started all seasons back in the 80s. But uh, the evolution of that company has resulted in now the best smokers and grills coming out of the Lone Star State. I've got a brand spanking new pellet grill. Absolutely love it. Set the temp, walk away, come back. Meat is cooked perfectly every time. It's great for wild game, ribs, steaks, you name it. You can find it at allseasonsfeeders.com. I had a hundred dollar bill when I hit this town Gave it up for Mary Jane cause she settles me down I'm broke but I'm stoned, Lord it's better now There's a new one there from Hill Country Revival, $100 Bill, bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. Cable Smith here with you, as always. Thanks for dropping by. We're still visiting with uh, Grayson County bowhunter, Tarif Al-Khatib, and uh, we will continue the story of the buck known as Shredder momentarily. But first, this segment is proudly brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. Land is the one thing they're not making any more of, but we all want it. So if you're ready to make that dream a reality, get your own place, whether that's for uh, running cattle, hunting, fishing, recreating, or just to get the hell out of the big city, they'll do it. They've got you covered. They've been doing it for over 100 years. And last year alone, they paid out over $17 million in patronage to their borrowers. That's right. It's the uh, the lender that gives back to you. Check them out at LoneStarAgCredit.com. Uh, all right. Well, Tarif, where we left off, you had just arrowed this giant North Texas typical. Obviously, your stepdad, Dale, is uh, – he, he's – very well known in North Texas. He's killed some big bucks himself. Yeah. Uh, former um, Grayson County game warden. And I think he was even instrumental in like getting an archery season in Grayson County he was, yeah. years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and getting the Hagerman draw going. Um, and I'm sure you had shown him these pictures. And, yeah. and you've killed big deer too. So between the two of you guys and probably other buddies, what did y'all think he would score? So when I was first getting pictures of them, and, and I, one thing I can say about them not photos on infrared cameras is they never do the mass justice on them not photos, which I had had plenty of days. I mean, I'd seen him in person, mm-hmm. you know, but I was thinking he was going to be a mid-80s eight, mid deer, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what I believed, that I was dealing with a mid-80s deer. I knew it was going to be a Boone and Crockett buck, but, uh, you know, and when I scored him uh, – my my buddy Roy McCraw, that's a taxidermist in Fannin County, scored him, and he was like, "Man, I got one ninety six and something." And I was there, and he's like, "And I was generous with it," and I was like, "No way, you know, there's no way." And then so I knew what the record was, and uh, what what was the record? So the so record we're talking the, about the Grayson County, the Grayson record, County which is record, archery only county. Yes, it, it was killed in Hagerman, and. Uh, I believe 2007, I could be wrong. It was uh-huh. 2005 or 2007 and it netted 175 and two eights. And, uh, we were coming up with a net of like 178 on this deer. And this is for tip. Uh, we're talking typical, typical, right. clean, typical. Yeah. And so I couldn't stand it. I got home, locked myself in my office and was 
and scored him again and was trying not to be, you know, I was really trying to be so conservative with it. And I was still coming up with, you know, like 194 and, and a net of uh, 176 and something. And so I was like, I'm not even going to score it again. I'm not touching it. And I was like, it may be bigger than that, you know, uh, probably is. And then so I had, after the 60-day drawing period, I had Ken Witt, um, legendary Boone and Crockett score, score him. And, yeah, he come in at 199 and uh, was it 199 and 5.8. Oh, my God. So <laughs> – I remember he's sitting there doing it and I'm kind of punching the numbers in my app when he's done. And, and I'm like looking at it and I come up with way lower and I'm like, Oh my God, what, what's going on? Well, I put the, the inside spread and the greatest spreads that didn't count it. So I redid it real quick and then boom, I seen it and I'm like, and Dale's sitting there with me and I show him my phone and he's like, looking at him like, it's kind of heartbreaking to be that close to 200 <laughs> inches. And then I looked at Ken and I was like, well, I guess it could be 199 and seven eights, you know? So, but, uh, like I said, he's an amazing player. So he's a he's a typical twelve point, and coming off of each G two, he's got a kicker. They're kind of like yeah. matching kickers. Oh yeah, um, which is why you, he has so many deductions. Yeah, it's so dumb. Like yeah. you know, if you don't want to count it because it's a typical, okay. But why why we're taking away for the deer having more antler? I know. I right? never understood. That's why I've never liked him that score. So he grossed uh, one ninety nine and five eighths. And he netted 182 even. And basically, so not just doing the symmetry between the two sides uh, with your mass measurements and everything, these non-typical points gets taken from the score twice. So I started off getting like 11-something inches knocked off of my score right uh -huh. away. And, you know, all the records go by net. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why are we doing that? We should – it should be what the deer has, you know. Right. And uh, – but uh, like I said – I wanted him officially scored on this deer because, you know, I owe it to the deer if it is going to be some kind of a record. Uh, so oh, I agree 100%. Most of my other deer, I'm like, I'll score it, and I'm like, I know what it scores, but it's not a record, so who cares, yeah. you know? It's so, not official. It's yeah. just, just it gives you a ballpark yeah. to go off of. But, uh, but yeah, man, hell of a deer. I don't remember the first time I saw or who sent me the text. I think it was in a, a, a text with my hunting buddies, and they were just like, hey, did you see this uh, – State trooper, <laughs> yeah, killed this buck in Grayson County, and I was like, "Holy moly!" And I'm looking yeah. at the picture, and, and then someone was like, "I think it's going to be a record." Yeah, you know, <laughs> like, you know I, I've been very fortunate through the years to kill the deer I have, and you know, I give a lot of that. I've, I've said it multiple times to just time and opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, you can't kill a deer that you don't have in your woods. That's all right. there is to it. I hate it when people say I'm some great hunter or something based off of what I've done in my past. I'm like, well, hey. You, if I didn't have that deer out there to kill, then I wouldn't be shooting that deer, right? Yeah. But uh, I do have time and and I have opportunity, and that's that's what you need that first before anything. Well, a hell of a deer, man, and um, and and there's a reason why the deer get so big here, is because you know you've doubled up in Collin and and Grayson counties the last couple of years. We have a very special thing in this part of the world. Like I would stack it up um, with any place in North America. Yeah, it's as amazing. far as yeah. um, Boone and Crockett quality deer, and you know whether you're talking about Pike County, Illinois, or you're talking about the Golden Triangle in South Texas, it, it doesn't matter. The deer here are just as good. Yeah, and the 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 records prove that they are. I mean, Chad Jones is uh, he's brought his buck in here. You're probably yeah. the fifth person that's brought. 
a Boone and Crockett buck into this studio yeah. in the last three or four years. And and Cody Griffin killed two of them. Yeah. Um, that wouldn't be possible if we just said, hey, everyone just get a gun and go to town. I believe we're that. facing a trying time right now. And we are. And and I believe that the archery only, it just allows the deer to reach their maturity. Mm-hmm. The age structure that we're after is higher than than the counties on either side of us. And they still do kill great deer in those yeah. counties, but they have more habitat. You know, uh, we've I know that they've discussed the habitat issues, but deer get bigger as they get older. Yeah, yeah they get a point where they decline, but but uh, I mean that's just all there is to it. You let a deer reach maturity. You you killing a four year old. You don't know what he was going to be at five or six. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Well, that and uh, Dale actually told me that Fannin County has only produced like five more um, Boone and Crockett deer than than Grayson County. Really, I didn't know that. And Grayson County's archery only. Yeah. And you're thinking about all the deer that get shot in Fannin County with a gun, yeah. which is just. Grayson's next door neighbor. Yeah. And I've been, I was actually duck hunting on Texoma opening day of, it was duck season and deer season. And I've seen the orange army come out there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, are we, are we even safe to be? I'm telling there were you. So many trucks, yeah. so many gunshots. There's, I, I can't, I would love to see like historically how many Boone and Crockett deer Fannin is producing. I would bet that a lot of those were taken a long time ago. Uh, oh yeah. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, it, it's great for everybody to get involved in hunting. Of course. Uh, I mean, my son just shot that. But, There's no way he could be bow hunting. But like, for instance, uh, a guy down the road from me, his son's like eight years old and killed a phenomenal deer with his crossbow. Uh, when they talk about opportunity, I'm like, if you can shoulder a crossbow or you can shoulder a rifle, you can shoulder a crossbow. Hmm. So the opportunity is there for everybody. I mean, heck, I just told you, my mom's 60 years old and shoots a compound bow. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I've taken a lot of flack for supporting the status quo. And folks are like, why are you why are you supporting restrictions on our rights as hunters? And I'm like, we didn't have a deer season until 2012 because we shot all the deer out with guns. And there's, what, 5 million people in those four counties, and there's 11,000 deer, according to Texas Parks and Wildlife. Um, I'd like to keep the deer around. So I'm not saying I'm not pro-taking anything away. If, if it was the other way around and they were like, we're going to try to take your rifle season away, I would be fighting that hand over fist. But that's not the reality. We have this unique situation, um, and I think that is the reason why we have a deer season. We don't have a very high uh, deer density. There's no doubt about that, especially in Collin and Dallas counties. And I've had uh, Alan Kane. I think you listened to that interview. Yes. Um, and, and I think Texas Parks and Wildlife, by and large, does a great job. Um, I think it's kind of hypocritical to say we're not going to manage for trophy quality deer. And then you look at what they do with largemouth bass and they're doing exactly that. Well, look what, look what they did with the 13 inch rule, right? That was, what was that for? So, so are you, are we really not managing if we have a a minimum inside spread requirement of 13 inches, which has prevented me from killing mature bucks on my lease before in Clay County. Like we have some one genetic strain and and you, you see it in certain deer and they're like, I've even sent it to the game warden. Um, said, Hey, can I shoot this deer? He's like, looks 12 inches to me. I wouldn't shoot it. I'm like, it's it's five and a half years old. Yeah. It's it's the law. (laughs) Yeah. And and so, but that, that's where it's so skewed because I heard that with that. We don't manage for trophy deer, but 
we have these requirements in place that allow deer to try to reach a higher age structure. Mm-hmm. So that so what, makes no what's, sense. What's, I mean, to me that says, yes, we do. Yeah. At least try to get people yeah. to shoot older deer. Why do we do that? Yeah. And I think we both know where the petition on why it's being filed and everything too. It's not, it's not the citizens pushing for this. Mm-hmm. It's not your hunters pushing for this that are in the County. You know, it's for the high fence, uh, for the high fence guys. And uh, I, mean, I would say that the reaction that I've seen on social media and on um, places like Texas Bowhunter has been about 80, 20 against. Yeah. Like there are pe- a lot of the people against don't have any skin in the game. They don't even live in Collin or hunt in Collin or yeah. Grayson or Dallas or Rockwall. They're just observing from Stephenville, Texas and be like, everyone should get to gun hunt. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you, you don't but, have booners walking around in Stephenville and I get your point, right? Yeah. But we already have this nest egg. And so since we have it and it does exist, why don't we put value on that and protect it? Yeah. And you know, it's just like the whole opportunity thing. There's crossbows out there that now I don't know if you necessarily need to be shooting at a deer at 80 yards with a crossbow. I've never shot a crossbow in my life. But, not one time. Okay. So they got them crossbows out there. Now they'll shoot like 80 to a hundred yards. I'm like, what more do you need? You know? Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm a diehard bow hunter. So, you know, Anybody can get two, 300 yards away from a deer, but it's hard to get one inside 30 yards. I already just, told you I'm the most casual bow hunter. Like, yeah, I yeah. love it, but yeah. I'll pick up a gun uh, if, if rifle season rolls around and I haven't killed the buck, I'm trying to, yeah. to shoot. You gun hunt too, but you realize how special this is, yeah. what we have in these counties. And I'll go gun hunt in Clay County. Yeah. You know, that's why I say <laughs> go on either county on either side of us, yeah. right? But you know, there's other counties, they're always like, man, we wish we could do what y'all do. Yeah. And why? Because it works. Mm-hmm. It works. It's proven that it works. Um, this yeah, the deer genetics. that I'm holding right here, your buck's proof. Yeah. This proof. I mean, it, I mean, it's proof that it works. It helps deer reach a better age structure. Mm-hmm. And we still got the opportunity there for everyone once they created, hey, crossbows are for everybody, not just disabled people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I mean. It's there for kids, elderly people, whoever. Anybody that wants to hunt still has the opportunity, yeah, hands yeah. down. Well, man, I certainly have enjoyed visiting today, uh, getting, getting to know you a little bit. Thanks for making the time to come over to the studio, um, bringing this buck over. I know you, um, you've you got him skull-capped right now, and he's headed to the taxidermist here pretty quick because yeah. somebody's going to write a story on it, I assume. Yeah, yeah. I uh, come in the middle of next month, Texas Trophy Hunter. I think I'm going to be on the cover of Texas Trophy Hunter. Nice. And then uh, going to be also in Buckmaster Magazine come, I think, June. Awesome. Uh, so he'll be down at the Texas Big Game Awards and the Texas Trophy Hunter extravaganza and everything like that. Too. He'll be in good company because my son has been in Texas Trophy Hunter Magazine. Really? Awesome. Yeah. But yeah. in the back with a tiny little picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and you know, and it's pretty crazy. I just, I get these phone calls and, and they got my number from somebody because I'm not on social media, and and they just want to talk to about talk to me about the deer, and and uh, it's been it's been awesome. Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, you know, like I said, I, I'm not better than the next guy. I just have time and opportunity, and and great people. Oh, don't sell yourself me. that short. I yeah. mean, there's people that routinely kill big deer, time and 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 obviously um, places to hunt play into that, of course. But you still have to kill the deer. Yeah. You still have to. You still got to have that killer inside you. Mm-hmm. Like you said, <laughs> when it kind of was like time froze and you weren't, yeah. you were as calm as you've ever been. Yeah. 
made a great shot. So, yeah. well, congrats, man. I look forward to seeing uh, seeing what he looks like when he's all mounted up and everything. And uh, good luck next season. Yes, sir. So there he goes, and there you have it. Uh, Tarif Alcatib and the Shredder Buck. What a story. Uh, I love the big buck tales. And I'm oh, not going to lie. Sometimes I get a little jealous these people bringing these big racks into the studio. But, uh, no, I just love hearing about uh, big bucks, whether they're killed in Texas or – um, who's a guy that we uh, had on recently that found the big Ohio deadhead? That was a cool story too. Monster deer was like in the two thirties, but I love a good big buck tail, uh, and that certainly fit the bill. I did find out um, because Tarif and I glossed over it, but uh, it went number four all time for a Texas typical archery buck. So a hell of a deer, Tarif, and um, it would have been number one if not for the two extra points that <laughs> caused it to uh, have those deductions. So anyway, uh, great stuff there. That segment of the show was presented by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy with locations in San Antonio and the uh, new Braunfels area. They've got you covered. They've been doing, my gosh, all my trophy mounts for over a decade, whether that's a fish replica, a white-tailed deer, um, African safari, entire African safaris, Euro mounts, capes, you name it, back skin, you want that, they do it all, and they do amazing work with quick turnaround time. Plus, they answer the phone when I call. Check them out. You can find them at gr8mounts.com. Unfortunately, just looking at the clock here, we got to go. Got to get out of here flat out of time for today. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors. Smell those sheets on the line. Wash down grandma's cooking with some